We are having a great weekend actually talking about prayer. We're in this series that we've been in for a while, and uh, it's going to end next weekend as we start Lent. I can't believe we're moving toward Easter, and that's going to be a wonderful time. And we have a whole series, as you heard, leading up to that. But, you know, if you take your program out, all six of those things on the front of that are really about you and God and your relationship. We've talked about commitment. What does it mean to be devoted to God and to each other? We've talked about fellowship, the koinonia, what it means to hurt with those who are hurting and laugh with those who are laughing. We've talked about um, teaching. You know, let's be lifetime learners. It's just very important. Communion last weekend, Pastor Tim did a great job talking about the Lord's Supper and taking communion together. And then we're talking about prayer today and the supernatural next weekend. And so don't miss that. We, how many of you know God still touches people? And uh, he still does miracles, and I believe that. And so we're going to have some really nice prayer times this weekend and next weekend for people who need it. I was thinking about this whole health check series in terms of my own personal spiritual health. You know, it's, I, I love feeling physically healthy. It's a wonderful thing when you can look forward to your day and you don't have aches and pains everywhere and you're feeling good and you're loving life. Those are, that's such a blessing. But I think it's even more so that way when we can feel that way about our spiritual health. And so when we started this series, I was doing some introspection in my own life, and I actually put some questions down. I didn't know at the time I would be bringing them to you, but I just, I'm going to give them to you. They're not in your notes or on the screen or anything, but if you want to use some of these, I think these six or seven questions are a great start in evaluating whether or not you are healthy spiritually or not. And they involve a bunch of different stuff, like, am I at peace with God? That's a great place to start because if I'm at peace with God, a lot of other things can go right. Would you agree? Just being at peace with God. And I'll say it like this. I know what it feels like not to be at peace with God, and I don't like it. When I know I'm living, I'm making decisions that I shouldn't be, um, I just don't like that feeling of going, man, God, sorry, I need to stop that, or I need to pay attention to this warning sign. Another one would be, am I at peace with others? I think it makes sense that if I'm carrying a grudge my whole life, you know what I'm doing? I'm ruining the rest of my life. There's no way I can ever have spiritual health if I'm not going to forgive. And some people say, well, that means reconciliation. No, it doesn't always mean you're going to be reconciled with someone that maybe you've had it out with. Maybe you'll never be reconciled, but you still don't have to live with the anger and the frustration over them. You move on in your life. And God helps you do that so that you're not stuck. Another question is, am I feeding my mind good things and, and scripture? You know, what are you putting in your brain by what you read, by what you listen to? I think it's subtle. I don't think we realize how this can really get us. If, if you haven't really evaluated what you're listening to, what you're reading lately, you should. Another one is, am I panicked or anxious about anything? You know, sometimes I, I like to evaluate and sit down in a chair and go, okay, what am I worrying about? Get a little list out and say, okay, this is on my mind quite a bit. I've spent a lot of time today thinking about this. Am I really perplexed? Am I trusting God? 
Do I need to trust him more or should I be worried about that? Because sometimes the, the start of anxiety or worry helps me to get stuff done. If, if you don't care whether your bills are paid or not, you're in trouble. You know, when you see that stack of bills, you need to go pay them. Pay attention to it. I have a fun little habit with bills that I just, I do my stuff online. And so I just, when I get it out of the mailbox, I usually just go right in the house, open it up and pop open my computer and just pay it. Just done. Then it's just done. And, and then if I get another one the next day, I just do it. Because if, if they pile up, I start to like fret over it. Like, oh, is, I wonder how, what the due date is on that one. And, you know, you know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You with me? Okay, so am I worrying? Am I fretting over anything? Another question, just a couple more. Am I being financially responsible with what I've been given? It's not about having more money or less money. It's about what is in my hand and am I being a steward of it? Because God cares about that. Man, money messes people up, even in their relationship with God. And so pay attention to that. And the last one is, how and where am I serving others? How and where am I serving others? That question right there is a big indicator of whether you're healthy. If you're only feeding yourself and you're not serving others, then you should, you should reevaluate. I, I loved pulling in early this morning here at the church because I saw uh, many volunteers out there scraping snow, getting the carts ready and the trams ready, and they're getting snow off the sidewalks and they're salting stuff down for you, for us. And they're working hard. And the greeters are here, ushers are here, people showed up. It's like, thank you, God, for people who are taking seriously their serving of others. That really does mean a lot to me. So I want to read that passage that we've been reading every weekend. It's in Acts chapter 2. If you're new and you weren't here, let me just remind you that this is, this is the beginning of the church in Acts 2. The church is really born right here. And what happened was Jesus ascended into heaven. He left the earth after being resurrected. And he said, you guys go gather in that room. And they did, 120 of them. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And 5,000 people got saved. Another 3,000 people got saved. It was just like, boom, people, people were coming to faith. And so they started doing stuff together. And this is the first sign of what we see. Acts 2.42, all the believers... They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, being a learner, and to fellowship, there's that word koinonia, to sharing in meals, including communion, the Lord's Supper, and to, say it with me, prayer. Prayer. So prayer is a part of the routine of a believer's life. Follow along in your notes if you, if you want to. Number one, prayer is communication with God. If, if you just put it in a nutshell as to what prayer is, it's communication with God. It might be verbal. Can it be nonverbal? Absolutely. God knows our thoughts. I think prayers all the time. Um, I, I, I can worship God sometimes without saying anything, just with music or by myself or with others. And so, so communication with God. Now, in Matthew chapter 6, we see in the life of Jesus that he gets a little ticked off at the political arena of religious leadership. And he's tired of, of these uh, teachers of the law who are misleading people about prayer. So he gets pretty animated. He jumps in the middle of this, and he makes some statements about prayer that we can learn from today. Matthew 6, verse 5, it says this. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites 
who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. And that was a real problem in Jesus' day. They loved to have these big prayers so everyone could hear. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they're ever going to get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. What does this communication look like when we communicate with God? I would like to propose something kind of simple, but I hope you can hear it all the way through. I think your communication with God is going to look similar to your communication with other people. And what I mean by that is some, some people are more chatty than others. Right? I'm not, I'm not extremely a chatty person. Now, I'm pretty outgoing. I love people and I can talk and carry a conversation. But I, I tend to be a bottom line kind of guy. And if Bonnie was here, she would agree with this, and it's not good or bad. It's just that she tends to use more words than I do in our marriage. It's just a fact. And that's okay. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. When I come home and she says, well, tell me about your day. I go, well, yeah, I, I went to work, and um, I had lunch, and I, I just came home. Yeah. No, tell me about your day. Okay, like, like every, like how much of my, what do you want to know? Like conversation or, you know, and, and it was just, she just wants a feeling about, about my day. If, if my kids call me on the phone, her and our kids can talk forever on the phone. When, when our kids call me, they go, dad, and I go, hey, what's up? And oh, I just want to say hi and I'll talk for a while, but then I'll usually go, what's up? Why are you calling? Well, I'm just checking in. Oh, Okay. Well, how's it going so far? I don't always know what to say back except ask them about their day and so on. So, so I don't have a real chatty relationship with God, just being honest. Like, like I pray, I talk to God, but I don't have this thing like so many people were like, God told me this and I told him this and God told me this and I told him this and then God said and then God said and then God said. And I'm like, how'd you get that? I, I, I must have signed up in the wrong place because I don't get a lot of that. I discern, I know the Spirit is in me. I believe in walking in the Spirit, like the Bible says. I believe you can be led by the Spirit. And I believe that there are times when I have an impression from God to call someone or go visit someone or write a letter or, or whatever. But I don't have a real talkative relationship with God. And I, I learned a lot of things about prayer from my, my family. So growing up, there, there's, there's five kids in my family. I have four sisters, wonderful people. I have two older, two young, younger. I, I tell my sisters, it's like an Oreo cookie. All the sweetness is right there in the middle, just right there in the middle. So, so we are at our, we're at our table. Every breakfast before school, we had together as a family. It doesn't happen a lot these days, but it did in my family. And my mom is kind of hustling around the kitchen, and Dad would come in and sit, and, and, and Mom would sit on one end, and Dad would sit at the other end. And we would have a nice breakfast, whatever it was. My mom usually cooked breakfast. And then, when we were all done eating, my mom or my dad would say, all right, kids, let's pray. Then we would all go like this. And we would kneel. 
This was just a part of the routine of every morning of my life. And we would pray. And sometimes, sometimes someone might pray something out loud. My dad usually did. My mom usually did. Sometimes one of the kids would. Um, but it wasn't required. We didn't all have to pray. But we all knelt down for what seemed to be about two hours. Now, it wasn't two hours. It was probably more like five minutes. But oh, I can remember just sitting there so many times going, hmm. We good, God? We're good. Prayer. You do not, how many of you know that God doesn't listen to you more if you're kneeling or sitting or standing or laying down? How many of you know that? But posture is more for you than it is for God. Sometimes I still kneel when I pray, probably because I grew up doing that. But I feel like praying when I kneel. Sometimes I walk and pray. That those are my two favorite positions to pray in. But I think God hears me both. I don't think it matters. I also learned a big lesson about prayer my first year in Bible school in Springfield, Missouri. Um, I had some guys that were helping me. We were doing a chapel service, and they were, they were going into, I, was, I knew I had the heart of a pastor, so I, I was going after pastoral ministries. They were going to be evangelists, and they were from the south, and they were used to a whole different paradigm of prayer than I was used to. But I'll never forget this. As long as I live, we were going to pray before we went out to start chapel with the students, about 1,200 students in our little school, and they, they, this one guy was kind of pumping back and forth. He's like, all right, guys, let's pray. Let's pray. And when he took our hands and we all got in a circle, they all, like it was like thunder. They all went, oh, God, help us right now. Bring revival to the school. We're believing you. Oh, God, let the fire fall. They're all praying like that. And I, I, I'm, I feel like I got hit by a train. You know, I was just like. Whoa, whoa, my heart was pounding. It was like, God was confused. I don't know who he listened to most, but I mean, they were praying. Do you think God heard them more than me? Oh, I, I'm sure he did. <laughs> he was probably going, whoa, 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 turn it down a little. The point is, that's what they knew about prayer. That was their experience in prayer. Some of you don't have any experience in prayer. And it's very possible that that's why you don't pray much. And when you view prayer, you view it skewed. You view it as either me talking to God, telling him what he already knows. If it's true, he already knows. And why would I tell him anyway? Does that make sense logically? It does to me. So there are many things we need to talk about concerning prayer. And let's go to number two. Does prayer change us or does it change God? Ever thought about that? So if I pray really hard, can it move God enough to make him act in my behalf? Like if I really pray hard, maybe if I talk louder or if I pray with a lot more passion, maybe, maybe that would get God's attention. Look at what it says in verse 7. When you pray... Don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. 
Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. My analytical brain kind of stops reading right there and says, okay, then I don't really need to pray much. I can just sort of go, you know. (laughs) Yeah, that. Am I changed when I pray? Is God changed when I pray? I feel like the answer is both. I know there can be times when God moves on behalf of those who pray. We see it in Scripture. That's why we're encouraged to pray. Don't grow weary. And and as we pray, we can trust that prayer of faith moves the hand of God. So does it mean he won't move if we don't pray? It could. It could. And so our prayers really do matter. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What does fervent mean? Let Let me give you an example of this. When I was teaching our children how to ride their bike at different stages in their life, we had a street out in front of our house. We learned in the driveway and on this circle that was, had no traffic, and we would get them going around there and get the training wheels off. But as we got ready to take a ride into the street, I got a little more fervent. Look at me. You see that street out there? There are cars on that street. Now, I want to tell you something. If a car hits a bicycle, the car will win. Do not go in that street unless you're with me, ever, ever. Are we clear? Yeah? Okay. Why was I fervent? Why did they know that I was passionate? Because I loved them and I didn't want a car taking them out. Sometimes when I pray, I am more urgent than other times. Sometimes I really feel moved to pray. Sometimes I weep when I pray because I'm thinking about the person and what they're enduring, and I think it's empathy praying through me. And I can't necessarily feel their physical pain, but I'm telling you, I've I've prayed over our city. I've prayed over northern Colorado. I pray over our world. I'm worried. I, I can live with anxiety with some of the climate that's happening in our world, and especially here in America. It moves me to say, God, please. And not just, Lord, come quickly so I can get out of this mess. That's, that's the easy prayer, right? But, Lord, what can I do? How can you spin me? How can I be involved at the levels that you've given me influence to make a difference in the world? That's what you should be praying and prayerful about. So yes, our prayers can move the heart of God, but also it can change me when I pray. I can develop a deeper sense of care and understanding and more empathy when I pray. Number three, what are some ways to develop a prayer life? I want to just get real practical with you about about your prayer life and challenge you to be serious about it. I would like to just throw it out What do you do already in your life that you could pray while you do it? Is there anything that you think of? That might be a start for some of you who don't have a disciplined time to pray. I I pray mostly in the mornings, but I know that I pray throughout the day as well. And probably the only reason morning is, is that time for me is I wake up early. I love making a cup of coffee and going to my play. The kids are all gone now. It's quiet and peaceful. The dog's died. The cat died. and Life's good. 
Sorry. I love animals. So I have more time to pray. So I, I talk to God sometimes out loud. Sometimes I walk around that space. I, uh, I used to walk the dogs, actually, and, and I had some prayer time doing that for a while. But I would love for you to associate a prayer time with something that's natural for you. Now, you can sacrifice and pray. I believe in fasting and praying. I think disciplines in my life and your life are important, uh, more for me than God. But my earnest desire, my sincerity is often seen in what I sacrifice for. It doesn't mean I cut myself so that I'll get the attention of God. I'm not talking about that. People have done that, you know, in history. The more I suffer, maybe God will notice me. That's not true. That's not biblical. But there's something powerful about setting some time aside and having a habit of prayer. And so I encourage you to think maybe what am I doing already? And you might want to have a prayer partner. We, we have a noon Wednesday prayer every week now at Timberline. And it's been a blast. We just meet right over here in our youth center. And uh, someone leads a five-minute devotion. You're handed a little slip of paper. And uh, it's three things to pray for. And then, and then we, we send you off to pray. And many of you have joined us on Facebook. It's been wonderful. Hundreds of you have. And we're simply praying we're praying, and, and I've loved watching sometimes people come with others and they pray together at a table the entire time. Other times people go and pray alone. I, I like to walk around the spaces and pray, and a lot of you do that. doesn't really matter what your posture is, but what I do know is that it's that prayer that you are offering to God, sometimes being with someone helps others. I used to work out with a guy, and we met at the gym in the morning, and guess what? I always went because he always went. And he was meeting me there, and I helped him, and he helped me. And it worked. And if I didn't go, I was going to feel guilty because he would show up and I wouldn't be there. I remember when we stopped that agreement for a while, we just took a break. The next day, I did not go to the gym. <laughs> it was just, I, was just, I didn't have that accountability. And so sometimes you, you might want accountability if you pray with someone. Some people would rather pray alone. But all these things, think about them. I, I would just propose kind of three different things in your prayer. Make sure your prayer is conversational. You, you don't have to turn it into something of a begging match with God. If I beg hard enough, God will hear me. If I weep enough. Now, I believe in emotions. I believe I, I sometimes weep when I cry. I sometimes get tickled about things, even in praying for kids and grandkids. And I'll laugh and thank God for the joy of of a FaceTime I just had with one of my grandsons or something. But, but there's this idea that I'm conversationally praying with God. Keep prayer about Thanksgiving. Not only conversational, but, but Thanksgiving. If I said write three things down right now that you're really grateful for, I bet all of you could. I bet every one of you could, just like that, come up with three things. Pray that. Pray that to God. Just, just start saying, Lord, I am thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. I really am thankful for this. And you know what will happen? You'll start appreciating more and more things in your life because you'll realize you have more and more than you ever dreamed that you actually have. So praying with thanksgiving. And then the third thing that I always do is I pray for wisdom and guidance. The Bible says if you lack wisdom, ask God and he'll give you wisdom. 
I remember having a study when I was 16 years old, and I started praying for wisdom every day after that. Don't know if I have much, but I'm praying for it. And I think it's very important that we pray for wisdom and guidance. You know, sometimes, sometimes, and I hope some of you will hear this, you're facing something big. Be careful not to just pray, God, would you please remove that mountain? Get them out of my way. I'm sick of this. Instead, pray, Lord, what do I need to be doing in my life so that I can make this a good experience for them and me, if it's a personal thing? If it's a physical thing, we like to pray for healing. We should pray for healing. But maybe also you can pray for wisdom and guidance as to how you're going to cope with this. Lord, what are you, how are you going to use this in my life? Is there, is there something I need to do or know? Are you going to put me in front of people who need what I bring them in group therapy or this need or doctor's offices? What is it that, that you're going to use in me as I go through this? You with me? Very important not to just say, I want to check out of everything that's hard in life. Prayer isn't for that. But when you pray for guidance, God will give you guidance. When you pray for wisdom, he'll give you wisdom. Now, number four, should we pray alone or together? It's just a simple thing. Jesus did both. I know in the Matthew 6 passage we read, he says, go close the door behind you and pray alone to your father. That's one kind of prayer. Jesus was saying that because of the political arena of people wasting their prayers so that man could hear it. But Jesus asked his disciples to pray for him together when they were together. They prayed together. They sang together. They ate together. And then many times he would go off to the mountainside and pray all through the night alone. They wouldn't even know where he was. They'd be looking for him in the morning. Where, where were you? I've been with my father. I've been praying. And then in Gethsemane, remember, he said, come with me. And you guys wait here, but pray for me. And he went up a little farther, and he knelt down and prayed. So there's this together time of prayer. So i just like to say, whether you're praying alone or whether you're praying with someone, make sure that there's sincerity in your heart, and you're praying because you love God, and you're worshiping God in your prayer time. The last thing is this. Why did Jesus teach us to pray? Why did Jesus take the time to say, pray like this? And that's where we have the Lord's Prayer and it's pretty simple, isn't it? It's pretty simple. Pray like this. And it's not super wordy like the people he's kind of contrasting it to. But it involves service, love, sacrifice, need. It involves all these things that we've been talking about today. So don't be afraid to pray like that. I also want to make sure that you know, lastly here, that God doesn't require that when you pray that you talk. Like he's up in heaven going, oh man, I hope, I hope they say something to me today. Because he knows your thoughts. Bonnie and I can be in the car for, on a trip or something for 30 or 40 minutes without saying a word. And I don't think that she loves me any less. How many of you wish you had a marriage like that? No, don't raise your hand to that. Don't raise your hand. That wasn't very nice. I'm joking. <laughs> Just talking more doesn't mean there's more love. But that relationship that you have with God, that's the sweetness of the Spirit. That's what love really is, is saying, I know you're with me, God. 
and I sure love being with you. And as I walk today, walk with me. As I touch today, touch with me. As I see today, let me see through your eyes. Let me be your hands extended. That's what praying is. That's why the Bible actually says pray without ceasing. It's because it's a constant in our lives. So don't get too freaked out about my prayer time. I've got to have this many minutes or God's going to be mad at me. Guilt doesn't work well with prayer, not real prayer. Pray because you love God. And we're going to pray for some of you right now. To facilitate this, would you mind standing if you're able? I'm going to have you sit right back down in a minute, but I just want to facilitate this. We're going to, we're going to ask some of you to just come up here because you need prayer. It can be for healing. It can be for your marriage if you need to come down here with someone else or if you're single and you, you're having issues relationally. It can be for money matters sickness doesn't matter what it is I'm not going to ask you what it is I just feel like after we talk on prayer we should pray for each other and so we've carved out a little bit of time here to just have you come up here and then I'm going to have some other believers gather around you and we're just going to be a praying church for a few minutes we're going to pray over needs in our body that's why we call this our living room as Felix said so if you need prayer come on down please just come on now just stand right across the front anything any need just step right out And if you know someone's reluctant to come, but you know they're going through something, just tug on them and get them down here. <laughs> come right on up, you guys. Come right on up to the front. Anyone else want to come before we ask others to come and just stand behind them? at all. Now, this, this next wave, would you guys mind just moving up a little bit closer to the front so we can get some people behind you? All, all this is, this next part, is just praying with your brothers and sisters. You might not even know their name, but we're family. And so, maybe you've never done this before, but I'm not going to ask you to pray out loud. I'm going to lead us in prayer. But with some of you right here, maybe you feel comfortable, just come on up here and put a hand on the shoulder of someone up here, Okay. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. And you can pray where you are as well. We're going to agree together in prayer for our family. Thank you, Lord. Guys, I want you to receive this prayer, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on that cross and rose from the dead, that we might have relationship. You've wired us and built us for relationship. And we have family here, right here, our brothers, our sisters, who have walked up here with a need. We don't know exactly what that need is, but we know you do before we even ask. So as we lay a hand on their shoulder, as we petition you, would you be a God who heals today, a God who releases today, a God who gives guidance today, a God who gives wisdom today? Would you be God? Would you be bigger than this issue and bigger than this problem? 
and do the impossible stuff that we can't do in our human frailty. We trust in you, therefore we pray. We believe in you, therefore we ask. And we ask it because you conquered. And it's in that mighty name of Jesus we ask. And everyone said, amen. Amen.